Today, uh, obviously, we are not in faith and faith and discipline because we finished that last week. And so, uh, being Christmas Eve, I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to preach what I would call a uniquely Christmas message this morning. Share with you something that that I think is very uh, important to us all as Christians, quite honestly, because when we consider the Word of God, we consider what it is that God uh, wants for us to know about Himself. Okay. I mean, what God does is, is for us, the finite, to know the infinite, God has to reveal. That's where we get the word revelation. And there's not just one. You see, God reveals himself to us. And so it's important for us to understand what it is God wants us to know about him. And so I say, you know, the, 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 I, I, the, the context of Scripture is really important. Okay. It's important that we can ask and, and, and understand the answer to the, the who, to whom, what, and why questions of God's Word. For instance, when you read a passage, who wrote it? Obviously, we know God is the author. Someone in, in place and time in history wrote it down, right? But God is ultimately the author of all Scripture. So who wrote it? Uh, who are they writing to? You know, who, who's the audience? We, we, we need to understand who the audience of that text is. And we, we need to understand what they're writing. I mean, it's important to look at the words and the, the language and, and understand what God is revealing through the text. And finally, why? Why, why did he say that? You ever, ever get that from some folks? What, what was that for? Right? So, so taking scripture and, and finding its context is, is, is really important. Okay. The second context I want to point out is, is that there is the context of application. How do you apply what God reveals in your life and in my life? How do we understand that God has spoken, God has said, He has revealed it to us, and ultimately all of Scripture is about revealing who God is, letting us know who God is, how He works, what He's doing, and what His design, purpose, and plan is, all right? So, so, so I ask this question when I read, what does it mean to me? What, what is it God's saying to me? What is it that God wants me to understand about him and, and why? Why should I know that about you, God? What, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Right? I mean, you know, I, I, I know people tell me stuff from time to time and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty sarcastic, Okay. Let me just point that out. People say things to me sometimes, and I'll go, and your point? Right? I mean, I want to understand. Why, why are you saying that to me? What is it you want me to do with that? How do you want me to respond? Right? So I think, I think it's fair to look into the Word of God and ask God, well, well God, what's your point in, in making us aware of that? Right? I don't know when I first heard the text of Luke chapter 2. More than likely, you know, I heard it in church as a kid. Or, or maybe I, 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 I was in church. And I'm using the word church on purpose because as a child I went to church. Today I, I kind of fixate on the idea we gather for worship. Please don't call this church. But anyway. Um, 
But I remember that I heard the, 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 the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. You know what? It is highly possible that the first time I realized I heard it, Linus was quoting it. <laughs> right? Charlie Brown Christmas. I think they should play that like every week leading up to Christmas. You know? Linus. Quoting. Of course, it's a cartoon, I know. But quoting the story from God's Word. I don't know when I first heard it. I titled today's message simply The Twice Wrapped Gift. The twice wrapped gift that God's given us, okay? Luke shares these words. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened, or, in the words of Linus, sore afraid. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there was a there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths. I have to use the word swaddling and lying in a manger. Suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. It doesn't fit the song, but that's what it says. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Wow. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that, yes, we get to worship four times this morning. We get to, we get to worship two more times tonight. God, I thank you that today is about worship. Yes, we'll call it Christmas. We'll do Christmas stuff. But God, quite honestly, if, if we proclaim that everything that we do and all that we are is about Jesus, God, then today is about Jesus. So help us to understand. And then God, help us to do with what we understand and live accordingly. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody in the room, right? Familiar with the story from Luke? Please, thank you. All right. You know, I, I, as I was preparing, I knew weeks and weeks ago that, that, that today was going to be a Christmas message. I, I, I knew, having scheduled out the messages, because I have to now, uh, that I would be preaching about Christmas. And I began looking at the text, and I was like, well, I could preach this one. You know, I could preach that one. I, I could preach from the Old Testament prophets. I, I, I could, they're, they're, all through Scripture, it's all about Jesus. So, so all of Scripture is a Christmas message. So I knew I could preach it all. And I thought, well, well, well how, how, do I, how do I put this in context? I mean, I've been preaching Christmas for 30-something years. 
There's not anything about Christmas that I haven't preached. Okay? Not there. So I began thinking, all right, well, well let's, let's think about how we do Christmas in context. How many of you have been shopping? Go ahead, raise your hand. No, 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 hide. I'm a, this is audience participation day. No. All right. Been shopping. All right. How many of you did more shopping online than not this year? <laughs> Amazon will deliver anywhere. Uh, all right. So I began thinking about gifts. I began going back in my mind to my Christmases past. I want you to think about it. Think about some gifts in your Christmas past that made an impression on you. When I was a kid, uh, uh, for Christmas time, we, we could ask for basically anything. Didn't mean we'd actually get it, but uh, we could ask. And I remember the, the Christmas where I, I wanted a go-kart. Right? That's what I wanted. And, and I remember going into our living room because we didn't have any furniture in our living room. The only time we used our living room was at Christmas. We put up a tree in the living room. It's the only time we used it. Otherwise, it was just like a big gymnasium. Um, and I remember going in there expecting a go-kart in the living room. I expected it to be there. <laughs> Guess what? It was not. And I remember my dad commiserating with me, right? Well, son, maybe, maybe, you know, just, just, you know, that's just too big. That's just, and I remember we were sitting in the den, the living room's in that room, and we're in the den, I'm, and, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I look out on the patio, because we had a patio with wrought iron around it, it was the 70s. I looked out there, and <gasps> there it is! Man, I tore the yard up that day. <laughs> I mean, just, just tore that yard to pieces, right? the go-kart i remember as a kid uh, our family uh, and my mom and dad are probably watching now they try to watch this this particular hour on sunday morning merry christmas mom dad glad you're here uh i remember uh one christmas a box big box came in the mail our family on my on my mom's side my grandfather and grandmother were no longer together as a couple and so uh, my grandfather lived in virginia my grandfather sent a big box. And inside the big box were more boxes. And inside the big box, the, the boxes were, were wrapped for Christmas. And I remember there being a conversation that I was not a part of about, well, what are we going to do with them? I'm going to send them back. I did. You know, it was, it was a family discussion. I mean, I wasn't a part of it, but it was a family discussion. And I remember saying, no, he sent them to me. They're mine. I mean, they'd been wrapped in an outer box for mailing, and then they'd been wrapped in a, That was my first ever twice-wrapped present right there. And I was a little big kid. I remember that. I remember when I was eight years old, my cousin had told me, because she was a year older than me, that, that you know, she was, she was going to get baptized. I remember my cousin telling me that, you know, she prayed to trust Jesus and, and she's going to be baptized. And I was like, well, I want to be baptized. And she said, you can't until you're eight. I, I, I missed that in my Roman Road Gospel presentation, but anyway. 
So it was in the, in the fall of 1970 that, 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 you know, I asked mom to tell me about Jesus and she shared Jesus with me and I trusted Jesus. And so in 1970, I was, I was baptized, you know, in, in, in Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church. And I reflect back on that eight year old. I'm not one of those guys that came through life doubting that I was saved at eight years old. God saved me. I prayed and trusted Jesus and he saved me at eight years old. The reason I know that is there is evidence in my life that he never let me forget that. You know, he'd show up at just the most inopportune times in my teenage years. All right. I know I got saved at eight years old. You know, God continued to affirm and reaffirm what he had accomplished in my heart and life at eight years old. Can I just go ahead and tell you right now, that's the greatest gift I ever received was redemption, salvation, Jesus. Greatest gift. I didn't understand it all at eight years old. I admit that. I admit that as a child, I, I, I listened to, 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 and it was the Roman road kind of presentation of Scripture. I received Jesus, a gift from God. My next greatest gift was like... 22 years later, because I remember doing a wedding, October of 1992, and I'm standing there, and, and there's this girl, she's number three in the bridesmaids line, right, and I was like, you know, have a conversation, you know, just kind of in passing, yeah, 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 I'm single, youth pastor at First Baptist Church, Buford, Georgia, and I'm doing a wedding for a girl that grew up in the church, and one of her friends is over there, and I met that friend, you know, and, and and then we start dropping hints about, you know, we, she wanted me to overhear her phone number. I didn't realize she was that manipulative at the time. But I got it. We went to lunch. You know, that was in October of 1992 and in January of 1994, we got married. One week, uh, two weeks from tomorrow, we'll be married 30 years. Woohoo! Second greatest gift I ever received in my life was my wife. And she's been, you know, right there all along. Uh, and then, here you go, you ready? Nine years later, almost 10, at 40 years old, God gave me another gift a baby boy. Right? He was all wrapped up at first. We unwrapped him at Greater Baltimore Medical Center. Right? Eli was born. <laughs> what a kid. Uh, I always tell people, I said, yeah, you know, he, he, he has his own opinions. And he knows what he wants. He, he does things very decidedly, very specifically, very... And everybody always says, well, pff, I wonder where he gets it. Right? Eli. Man, that's that that's that next gift. Well, y'all may know this, but you know, yesterday Eli gave me a Christmas gift. He gave me a daughter in love. Eli got married standing right here yesterday. Me and him and Lillian, right? What a Christmas gift, right? Think about the gifts that you've received. Think about it. 
Think about the importance of those gifts, the value of those gifts. I've received some gifts, just to be quite honest with you. Not very valuable at all, and certainly not very valuable to me. I mean, uh, the big joke is I tell stories about things when I'm standing up here, right? I told you all about the Wheelow story. I now have two Wheelows. People hear that story, they decide to go and order Wheelow for me. I talk about things like chocolate chip cookies. And so for my 60th birthday, guess what? 60 chocolate chip cookies right down here. Okay. Talk about peeps. I like peeps. So Easter time, guess what I get? Peeps. Think about the gifts you received in your life. And And then let's stop a moment and reflect on the gift that the creator of this universe has given us. And then ask ourselves the question, what what have I done with it? What do I do with it? And in 2024, what am I going to do with it? Okay? I think that's the challenge for us. You see, God announced the gift. God announced his gift to the world. He announced it in Genesis when he told Eve, he said, you know, your seed, seed of the woman, will crush the head of Satan. That, that, that was the first announcement of God's redemption and salvation and victory. He, he, announced, he announced the gift actually through the flood. If you'll, if you'll reference New to Old Testament, you'll find that, that the Bible teaches us is that when, when Noah's family passed through the flood, it was a baptism. You see? That, that, that's the imagery and the symbolism of that. He, he announced it in the covenant to Abraham. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God, God announced the gift. So, so man, mankind, we should, have been, we should have just been eagerly anticipating Christmas and the gift that God was announcing and preparing for us, you see? God announced the gift through Isaac. God announced the gift through the family of Jacob. God announced the gift through the people and the tribes, the 12 tribes. And and he announced the gift through the nation and, and, and their worship and their identity. And God prepared the gift. I had to wrap a gift. I think it's Friday night, to be honest. There's a box about this big and just heavy as concrete. Now, I say you put the paper out on the table and you set it up in the middle of it, right? And, and, and you cut it and fold it over. And then my wife says, flip it over so you don't have to flip it over again because you don't want the seam on the top, right? I mean, I don't know this stuff. So I flip. It's heavy. So I start wrapping and everything. You know what? That gift is still sitting exactly where I stuck the bow on it. Because it is heavy. Right? God prepared this gift for us, y'all. He announced it. He he, he gave the message through the prophets of, 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 of what it was. I will make with you a new covenant. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will be with you. 
And I'm coming through Bethlehem. Watch it. Watch it in the heavens. Watch it in the people. Watch it in the circumstances. And then, Galatians chapter 4, it says this, and I love this verse for its simplicity. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Wow. What a gift, y'all. What a gift. God announced the gift. God prepared the gift. God delivered the gift. Man, I love it. Now, obviously, it's a big weekend for me, right? I mean, I don't mean to be all egocentric in this thing, but to be quite honest, it's a big weekend. I feel like now I'm on the backside of this hill. We got that wedding done yesterday. Woo! Preach six times. I don't care. Hey, I can do that. I've been doing that a long time. Not actually preaching tonight. Tonight's just scripture and Christmas carols and Lord's Supper and candlelight. So I invite you to come on out. But I have to admit that this Christmas is pretty special. And so I'm really, really reflecting on the gifts that I've received through my life. Yesterday I was cleaning out my trunk. I was emptying out one container and putting stuff in another container, you know. And down in the bottom of of that first container (laughs) was a faded old box with a wheelo in it. Y'all remember the Wheelow story? Anybody, anybody know that? That's the one where we we had a rich friend when I was a kid. And 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 Christmas was such a big deal to me. I wanted to open a present early. And so uh I, I finally talked mom into letting me open one Chris one present on Christmas Eve. And so I was thinking, man, that rich friend, that's gotta be something special. Man, I opened that thing, found that wheelow. I was so mad. Let, let, let me open just one more, Mom. Just one more. So now I tell that joke around Christmas time usually each year. And and so now, like several years ago, Eli is the one who gave me the wheelo that's in my trunk. My son happens to have my sense of humor. So he wrapped it up and gave me a wheelo. And I wanted to... <laughs> this year, my sister gave me one. My family is all about it, y'all. I'll just tell you. But can I tell you, that that wheelow that my son gave me several years ago is still in the box and got relegated to the trunk of my car. Very important? Probably not. Very valuable? Probably not. But how many times in our lives do we take the greatest gift that's ever been given and relegate it to the trunk of the car? Wednesday night I had the privilege of preaching because I'm not usually here on Wednesdays much anymore because I'm with mom and dad. But this past Wednesday night I had the privilege of preaching here. I said, all right, I like the end of the year because it's a great dividing line to look back and to look forward. 
And I said to them Wednesday night, I said, any successes this year? And people said, yeah. Any failures? Yeah. I said, what are you going to do about it? Not resolutions. Resolutions are a joke, y'all. I'm sorry. What changes will you make in your life to make the gift of Christ your number one priority? God wrapped him up in swaddling clothes. Y'all know what a swaddling is? Comes from a 13th century Anglo-Saxon word to swath. It actually comes down through the language meaning to bind a broken bone or an injury. So you take the strips like what? Like gauze and wrap it up, right? God wrapped Jesus in cloths, swaddling cloths, if we want to interpret that way. But to complete the gift, y'all, God wrapped him up again. Wrapped him twice. John gives us this account. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because of his fear, the Jews asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body away. And Nicodemus who had previously come to him at night, also came bringing a mixture of about 75 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe. They took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with fragrant spices according to the burial custom of the Jews. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet placed, no one had yet been placed in it and They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby. What will we do with so valuable a gift in the new year? See, if you know Jesus, man, we love that. I love asking people when they come here, they say, well, we've never been here before. And I go, yay. I say, do you love Jesus? They say, yes. I say, yay. Then welcome to worship. You see, because it's all about Jesus. And yes, certainly at Christmas time, it's all about Jesus. But you know what? Every day it's all about Jesus. And the question is, what are we going to do with him? How will you live Jesus in the new year? Okay? If you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you. If you know him, but he's not your priority, that's a conversation you need to have with God. Maybe you want to join the gathering. That's a cool thing to do if you want to. God's doing some things here that we really enjoy. Would love for you to be a part of. But right now as we get ready to sing this last song, we simply want you to respond to God. It's not to me. It's not to the gathering. You do what God's telling you to do this Christmas, all right? Let's pray. God, thank you. I thank you for today, and I thank you that you loved us first. You love us most. You love us best. God, you've given us a gift that that we didn't deserve. Can't earn it. God, it's in Christ that we have redemption and salvation and regeneration and, and life. Jesus said, I came to give life abundantly. And so, God, this morning, I pray that we would have that life, that we'd live that life, that we'd recognize just how valuable 
this gift is. And then, God, we'd go out and live it so that others could know this life. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.